dreaming about teaming up with a superhero? Heartbroken about the latest comic death? Do you find your conversations always turning to Marvel? Then welcome Marvelites to your therapy session. Join your hosts as we explore the realms of the Marvel Universe, taking you into new insights, movie reviews, and debates. Here, we won't try to cure any obsessions, but fuel them because the world is better nerdy. Welcome to your Marvel Therapy Group. So hello and welcome to another episode of Marvel Therapy Group. I'm your host Jack. With me as always is Joe Barnes. Haley, our third host, couldn't be here today, but we're still going to try to power through and do an episode without her. She's sick and has a lot of meetings today. <laughs> it's a good sound effect. <laughs> So today what we're doing is we're doing a new segment on our show, although since our show is new, I guess every segment would be new at the moment. But we're doing a segment called The Monthly Roundup. Thank you, Joe. <laughs> and what we're planning to do in these segments is we're going to look back over the past month and all the news, releases, the big events from Marvel, the things that are making us the most excited, and talk a little bit about them. That's right. And we have a full docket today, so let's just dive right in with what's probably the biggest news of the month, which was we finally got a Captain Marvel trailer. Right. So we got a teaser trailer. Teaser trailer, right. There's apparently a difference. I don't know. <laughs> but it was cool. So, Joe, I'm going to start out. What do you think was your favorite part of the trailer? Probably the part where she's hanging upside down and she's got, like, these, uh, like, streams of light going oh, into her head. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I don't know what that was about, but the costume was really cool. I know. Everything looked really cool from the trailer. Like, I mean, like that scene when she's in, like, it was like a train station or a bus station or something, and it's like she's when in she that costume. punches the old lady. Yes, that was so cool. That old lady is definitely a scrawl. Oh, 100%. There's, right? 100%. Yeah. People, and people couldn't figure that out. Like, how could you not figure that out? It's a scrawl. <laughs> she's probably, like, she's in a, what city is she in? Hmm? What, where is she in the movie? I don't think they've said it yet. Like, it looks almost like they're going to be in the west a little bit, don't you think? Because they have, yeah, like, one yeah. scene they're driving through the desert. Yeah, well, either way. no. She's probably, like... People don't just smile at you. So it's just like, oh, this person knows who I am. Clearly a Already scroll. suspicious. <laughs> Already <laughs> suspicious when people <laughs> smile at you. So she just punches an old lady, and it's it's good. I gotta say, the action for me looked really cool. Like, I mean, the scene with, like, the car chase, and, like, when the car, like, smashes into the bus, or the thing where, like, she jumps up on the subway, I think, and does, like, a backflip, and, like, fires off her, like, Oh, energy yeah, blasts. and she's on a train or something yeah, yeah, with yeah. the energy blasts. Very Spider-Man 2 looking. It is, yeah. It's It looks pretty good. I dig it, I dig it. Yeah, and they, don't have, they don't, haven't given away too much. It seems like it's an origin story, but, like, everything has already happened, and she's trying to recall what happened. Yeah, well, that's, I think, what they've said. It's sort of like, when your movie starts out, she's, like, fully Captain Marvel, and then yeah. somehow she goes back to Earth, and it's kind of like she starts getting all these memories about her life on Earth. Yeah. Which right. I think is cool, because I think it's like doing something different than like just a standard uh, origin story. Oh, it is different, yeah. They're definitely trying to get away from origin stories. Like, Spider-Man Homecoming wasn't really an origin story. Um, well, and now this one. It'll definitely be yeah. really cool. I'm excited. Also, I gotta say... Samuel L. Jackson, whatever de-aging technology Marvel has, this is gonna be like the biggest test, but so far, like, it looks pretty good. Like, I'll be honest. <laughs> like I think you're going effects. a little overboard. <laughs> no, yeah, the de-aging technology is amazing. And um, there's that scene where he takes off his sunglasses and then you like see his face for the first time. Mm -hmm. Like he's been narrating the trailer, yeah. but then you see his face and he's like he's uh, de-aged. Yeah, it's he's like he's weird. like Jurassic Park Samuel L. Jackson. Did you see much difference with Clark Gregg? They only showed him for a second, but I was like, that's 
He's got it's like he's got a different haircut. It's a little <laughs> yeah. more like higher up. It's a little like it was like a mullet almost. Yeah, I I, I would I wouldn't be surprised if he has a mullet. Honestly, that seems like uh, oh I hope so. He's well he maybe he'll be like intern Phil Coulson. He's not that young, but he'll be like starting with Shield. I know <laughs> he'll I be excited. I think it's gonna be cool. But I mean, it's such like this is gonna be such a test of the technology to like de-age those guys for like the whole movie. Like mm-hmm. it's one thing to do it for like. Robert Downey Jr. and Michael Douglas for, oh, like, five yeah. minutes. Yeah. It's completely different to do it for, like, a two-hour movie. I think this this is going to be Clark Gregg pre-Captain America. He, like, in the Avengers, that was his thing. He had the Captain America collectible card that he was raving about. He loved Captain America. This is Clark Gregg, or this is Phil Coulson before Captain America. So that's going to be really cool to see what his character is like before he is so invested in the Avengers. And be honest, are you most excited for the fact that Clark Gregg is going to be in another MCU movie, finally? Is that, like, the number one thing for you? No, because I've been watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> I've had five seasons of him. Because <laughs> I know how much he means to you. Oh, I know. Agents yeah. of S.H.I.E.L.D. is my life. I'm actually really excited for Ronan to come back, because I like Ronan, I think, more than a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. Like, I think for, like, the Phase 2 villains, when those kind of, like, oh, all the MCU villains are bland, I thought he was, like, at least, like, one of the least bland ones. And it was a different spin on the villains. It was, like, a political thriller yeah, yeah. for him. I'm excited. I'm excited he's going to come back and they're going to flesh mm-hmm. him out a little bit. And Oh, um, let's talk about that. Is Because the Kree, they always flip-flop depending on... And there's so many different factions of the Kree that depending on, like, what character you're reading about, they can either be the villains or the good guys. So where do you think the Kree are going to be in this movie? I don't, I don't think they'll be good or bad. I think they're going... Because I... It must be they're in a war with the Skrulls. Like, it must right. be they're, like, fighting the Skrulls. So, I mean, I suppose, like, neither side is probably going to be exactly, like, right or wrong, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I know they say the Skrulls are going to be the bad guys, but I can see it sort of being, like, ne- like neither side is, like, doing something, like, explicitly evil. Like, they think they're doing the right thing, you know? Oh, yeah. Marvel's definitely gone that way, where the, yeah. like, like uh, moral ambiguity with their villains. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I bet you can definitely see both sides with the Skrulls and the Kree. But because Captain Marvel's background is based in the Kree, I think that we're going to sort of be looking at the Kree through, um, like, rose rose goggles. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. So, like, we think they're doing the right thing. I could even see something like she's kind of brainwashed maybe a little bit. Yeah. And, like, that's why she doesn't remember her life back on Earth. Yep, and that's where the weird light strands go into her head. (laughs) Also... One other thing I'm excited about from this trailer, Jude Law. Yeah. I'm really excited for Jude Law. I yeah. feel like Jude Law is like actor you always forget about, and mm-hmm. then he like suddenly pops up and you're like, oh yeah, I love Jude Law. Right, I feel like everyone's done that, because yeah. now he's going to be in the second Fantastic Beasts movie, Crimes of Grindelwald, and everyone's like, oh, it's Jude Law. Yeah. It's like, I'm, yeah. I'm excited Jude Law is popping his head up again <laughs> and he's doing things, because you know Jude Law is amazing, let's be honest. I don't think that's a controversial opinion. I think his character is also going to be good, because he's got to be like... Captain Marvel's mentor. They think he's going to be Captain Marvel, though they haven't right. come right out and said it. Right. Captain Marvel, and then he'll probably either die, most likely die, which is, then that will spark her to be like, oh, I'm Captain Marvel now. Gotta save the universe. <laughs> and then, do you Crashing think into a blockbuster. Do you think they're going to tie right into Avengers 4 at the end of this movie? I think, if anything, it'll be a post credit scene. But you know what I'm thinking? She's been missing for almost 30 years now. She's in the Soul Stone. She probably... Maybe the, maybe the Korean Skrull War is 
the beginning of the search for the Infinity Stones, mm-hmm. and they're looking for the Soul Stone, and Captain Marvel finds it, but it, like, traps her, and so, but somehow she makes it hidden, because it's the most power, supposedly the most powerful stone, so she hides it, and then it, like, traps my, her. My theory before Avengers 3 was that she was gonna have one of the stones, and it was like the movie was gonna end with, like, Thanos getting almost all of them, and then she would crash the right, with the last scene one. Right, yeah. her crashing, and then the her and I was, I was wrong about stone. that, but... yeah. No, I think that yeah. she's going to be in the Soul or at in at the end of her movie she'll be in the Soul Stone make some big sacrifice and then maybe the reactivation of the Soul Stone she'll be teaming teaming up with Gamora in Avengers 4 mm. and Gamora and her will like kick butt from within the Soul Stone and it'll all... The only thing about that is she has to be somewhere where like <laughs> Nick Thur- Nick Fury can reach her with his pager. Right. Is the only thing. But that, yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be yeah. cool to see that. <laughs> Alright, so overall, pretty positive on the Captain Marvel trailer. Uh, and then let's go on to the next big news from the MCU, which yes, was... Yes, this was recently, yeah. at the time we're recording, this was... This is recent news. And it's really common sense news, but Bob Iger, the CEO of, of Disney, has said that, yes, the X-Men properties with the Fox merger are going to go to Kevin Feige and Marvel Studios. Clearly. <laughs> why wouldn't they? Yes, well, I don't really know why this is news. It seems like pretty easy math. Disney likes money. Kevin Feige yeah. makes the money. A plus B equals C. Right. Marvel properties go to Marvel yeah. Studios. <laughs> Where else are they going to go? They're going to be like, oh, Sony, you want a deal? Yeah. I'll trade the X-Men for Spider-Man. <laughs> it's cool. Uh, I'll be interested to see if Kevin Feige always had like some secret plan of like, what to do if they ever got the X-Men back. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen? I mean, it's going to be a long time still before we actually see the X-Men, but... They definitely have a lot of windows of opportunity to bring the X-Men in through mm-hmm. Soul Stones or Doctor Strange, Ultimate Ultimate Dimensions, or they could even start the entire universe over again, and maybe, again, with the Infinity Stones, they somehow opened up the X-Genes in people. And I could see started. that. I think that There's a work. lot of ways they could go. I wonder if maybe it's going to be like, maybe they could do something where it's like, um... Magneto and Professor X have been like maybe like really powerful mutants have always existed, but they've always mm-hmm. kind of been like in secret. Oh, and that's then, another like, thing. At the end that... of the movie, like the X, like the Infinity Stones, open up like the X gene to all these other people. Yeah, that's another thing that um, Xavier could like constantly wipe the minds of everyone. Which yeah. I, don't, I don't like that idea. But I can see it. But uh, right, yeah. I feel like that's definitely something. It's like you definitely need. You can't just have Professor X, Wolverine, and Magneto just suddenly appear. I think they're yeah. the three characters that need like a history. Yeah. But, yeah, it'll be interesting also, to see what also, they do. Also, Jean Grey and Cyclops. And Storm. Especially Storm, because Storm has such a rich history. Yeah, all those. Rogue fun. has a really good story. Yeah. They're, they're trying to make a Gambit movie, but eh, and Gambit. Oh, they're, they're 100% <laughs> just rebooting everything. They don't want anything Fox touched. Yeah, Jean Grey and Cyclops, and Emma Frost, I guess. Well, I mean, they have all the time in the world to go through all these story arcs, but they, they really need to establish the characters. And whether they started off as adults... Or as teenagers, doesn't really make a difference to me because the 2000 and 2002 movies, and then the next three, which mm. we some... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those movies <laughs> aren't really good. They started off as adults, like just full-fledged mm. X-Men. So it really doesn't make a difference to me which way they go. But the, the main issue now is that they bring in teenaged characters and don't develop them at all. And suddenly mm. throw them and pit them against Apocalypse. But that's... We're not talking about that right yeah. now. <laughs> Overall, X-Men coming to Kevin Feige, good news, makes sense. Yes. Disney gets lots of money, everybody wins. True. Yeah. All right, so let's move on to another big release for September, yes. which was Iron, Iron Fist, Fist Season, season two. 2. And I have a lot of opinions about Iron Fist Season That's 2. That's good, because I 
life got in the way and I have not watched it yet. But in my defense, it's been out for like four days. A week? I don't know. <laughs> it's but been I, out for a while. <laughs> no, it's been like a week. I've only watched one and a half episodes, so talk about it. Non-spoilery. Okay, so for the record, I really hated Iron Fist Season 1. I think it's the worst thing Marvel Netflix has done. I just, it was boring. Honestly, Finn Jones, Finn Jones didn't, he wasn't like, I thought he was a miscast. I didn't think he was right for the part. No offense to him, it's just, you needed someone a little more like presence, I thought. Someone who could actually like do kung fu. And it definitely had its, it, def, it had its moments. Ward Meacham towards the end of Season 1 was really good. Colleen was great all around. But yeah, Iron Fist Season 1, hated it and I thought it honestly started like this negative trend with like Marvel Netflix shows where like people kind of started expecting the worst but yeah Iron Fist season two I was I was not excited about it I was like oh cool they're releasing it so let me just just chime in here I liked Iron Fist this first season it was entertaining I liked the characters the characters actually all had an interlocking storyline which I think is an issue with uh, <clears throat> just Jones season two anyway I liked season one <laughs> Go on. But yeah, I will say, after watching season two, this is big for me to say, I really want them to make a season three. I really do, because... I had to laugh. No, <laughs> applause. I mean, you can laugh. <laughs> but they did so many things that worked in this season. Number one, they went from 13 episodes to 10 episodes, so it really <laughs> picked up the pace a little bit. There wasn't as much meandering. Things, like, moved along, which I really appreciated. Also, it really encouraged me to actually watch the show, because I was like, all right, it's ten episodes, I can do it. Alice Eve as Typhoid Mary, that's, like, she wowed me from, like, her first scene. She was just really, really point. good. So, I had heard that Typhoid Mary was going to be in Jessica Jones season two. Like, that was the rumor that I had heard. That was the rumor because the, the person that got to play, spoiler alert, her mom looked a lot like... Typhoid Mary wouldn't. Oh, comments. okay. So I was expecting that, and when I was watching season two of Jessica Jones, I was before we knew that it was um, her family relation. <laughs> I thought it was Typhoid Mary, and then I was like, "Oh, this is so cool!" But then it ended up being that other person. So when, because like I said, I'm only one and a half episodes in, they introduced a character called Mary, and I'm like, "Oh, there she is." <laughs> So that, I'm excited to see what happens she's, with her. She's really good, though, right? Like, she's really, she's, like, really creepy. Like, that she end is. scene where, like, she goes into her apartment and she has all, like, the post-it notes. Like, oh, yeah, I, yeah. I didn't get it, but it was, like, I kind of got it because I know the character and I know she has, like, multiple personalities. Yep. But And then she turns really... on the, the all the water. I don't know what that's about yeah. still, but that was pretty cool. This is definitely going to be a better portrayal of Typhoid Mary than in the Elektra movie. Uh, I didn't even, I've never seen that movie. I didn't even oh, know she was in it. Yeah, so Typhoid Mary... In the Electra movie, just had a power where she could wither things, like make things wither and die, and that was it. That's that's not even close to what she can do. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but yeah, I'll say having watched all of Iron Fist season two, I put Typhoid Mary up as like one of the best villains in the Marvel Netflix, which is that's big awesome. because yeah, I I think Marvel Netflix has the two best villains in the MCU overall. Kilgrave and, and Typhoid Mary. And, and no, Kilgrave and. Um, Wilson Fisk. Okay, I think yeah. they're the two best villains in the I MCU. Agree with that. And yeah, I would put Typhoid Mary like, yeah, I would put Typhoid Mary up there like as one of like as a really good villain in Marvel Netflix, which is really good. It was really it was just, just saying a lot because I have such they had such high villains on that on Marvel Netflix. Yeah, I was going to get into this later, but so I feel the same way about um, Mariah Dillard or Stokes, depending on where you're watching in Luke Cage, but. Um, 
these villains are really good villains, yeah. but compared to the MCU, they pale because it's like they have street level problems. We're like Maria Dillon's trying to take over Harlem, but here comes Thanos and kills half the entire universe. <laughs> so it's almost like if Mariah Dillard or Typhoid Mary or Wilson Fisk, like, they work so hard. I don't know about Typhoid Mary, but these two work so hard to take over and, like, control their own branches of their cities. And if they just died from a snap... I'll be interested to see if they ever, like, actually, like, say who died in the snap in Marvel Netflix or if they just Mm -hmm. skate right over it. But, I mean, at the same time, like, you wouldn't want Luke Cage fighting a Thanos as, Mm -hmm. like, his main villain. Like, a street-level hero, street-level villain. Yeah. Which I think is a good balance, but yeah. So Typhoid Mary was a really big plus for me, and then another big plus, they brought Misty Knight on as, like, a full-time cast member. In Iron Fist? Yeah, in Iron Fist Season 2. She comes in around Episode 4. Like Daughters of the Dragon? Yeah, there's a lot of Daughters of the Dragon stuff going on. That's cool. It definitely, it definitely, like, shows Netflix should just do it. Just give them a spinoff show with Colleen and Misty Knight. Everybody wants it. Every time they're together, they prove why they deserve one. Yeah. But yeah, she definitely brought a lot to the show. I love Misty Knight. I love, and honestly, her coming to the show was a big reason for me watching it, because I wanted to see more Misty Knight. Mm-hmm. Want to see more her and Colleen Wing. Definitely, but definitely the way they ended season three is so rewarding. It made me so happy. It made me want to, it made me want a season three, honestly. It really did. I was so happy the way they ended season two. It made the whole season worth it, honestly. Like, all the problems with Iron Fist Season 2, I still think it's, like, the weakest show on Marvel Netflix. Okay. But, honestly, the way they ended it, I was so happy. I was cheering. I was just, like, so overjoyed. So, yeah, everybody should just watch to the end of the season because it's 100% worth it. All right, I'm excited. I can't wait. Although, I was I was excited for it anyway just because it's, you know, Marvel. <laughs> yeah, oh, going back to Wilson Fisk. Yes, I'd forgotten how good that character is. Mm-hmm. And it's not, like, the writing is great for the character, but the actor himself, because it, it's a it's a human. I mean, obviously, but this, he makes the, the character very human. Mm-hmm. And I just remember watching the first season where, he, where Wilson Fisk was introduced, and I was like, this is amazing. This isn't just a villain. This is, like, you can totally relate to this character. Mm-hmm. It was great. I know there were times you were like you could you were almost like rooting for him because he he <laughs> yeah. is he, he does see himself as like the hero of the story like yeah. he sees Daredevil as the villain. So does Mariah Dillard. Yeah. <laughs> Which brings us to Daredevil season three. Yes. Woo. Yeah, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm rewatching Daredevil right now, and I'm so excited for season three. It's my f- it's Daredevil is my favorite character. I love Charlie Cox so much. Yeah, you met him. I met him at Comic Con, so we are personal friends. I'm excited. It's been too long. With we've been we've missed Daredevil for too long. I'm very excited. Yeah, that's when we saw him with the Defenders, and that was not a happy ending for him. Another thing about Luke Cage season two and Iron Fist, or um, yeah, Iron Fist, they address the Defenders. It's amazing. Yeah, they they bring the characters in. Foggy came in a bunch of times to Luke Cage season two. I always like when that. Colleen Wing came in, and um, oh yeah, apparently Mr. Knight goes into Iron Fist season two. They address it. They talk about Jessica Jones and Daredevil. I loved it. I know. I'm glad Netflix has realized like everybody likes the supporting characters almost as much mm-hmm. as the main heroes. Right. And I like how they'll go over and like cross over you when the main heroes won't. Yeah, it's so good. Especially Claire, obviously, because Claire is the Nick Fury of the Defenders. <laughs> oh, Claire. Nothing happened to Claire, but... Yeah, we all love Claire. Um, have you seen the trailer? The teaser trailer for Daredevil 3? I have. I'm excited about it. I mean, it doesn't give away too much. Which one was that? Describe it, because I, I think I've seen I, it. I saw the one where um, 
he's in the confessional, and I... I, I heard yeah. about that one. I haven't seen it. I think that one might have been, like, a post-credit scene for Iron Fist mm-hmm. that I just accidentally saw, like, ahead of time because I had it on, like, they had it on the Facebook page for Daredevil or Netflix yeah, or something. Yeah, I just... But. Maybe I did see that because it was the one where he was just, like... It was really dark. Uh, and everything has so been really it. dark for this season. I was so for it. I'm really looking Which, forward to it. I'm excited, but, like, I'm rewatching Daredevil Season 1, and Daredevil Season 1, the first two episodes, are really, really dark. So yeah, I don't know, like, how much, dark like, show. dark... I don't know what, like, how much darker they can get, but they're mm-hmm. apparently gonna try to go darker, so... He's gonna get the black and red suit, I think. I saw they have pictures of him in, like, the black suit. Yeah. Well, it's black, what, like, with the red eyes. Oh, and, really? I think. It's... Red horns. It's very, it's very dark. Just to reiterate that, but I'm so for. I'm looking forward to it. So yeah, we are very excited for Daredevil season three very and excited. all the darkness that will consume us through that show. Uh, going on with the Marvel Netflix shows was Luke Cage season two, which was recently released, and that was amazing. So I'm the opposite of Jack, where I didn't like Luke Cage season one because I thought it was. Just, it was slow, and it was a little boring to me. Until the end. The ending got pretty good. But season two was stunning for the story. And I have two and a half pages of notes, so here we go. I'll make it as unspoilery as possible, because you haven't seen it yet. Mm. But I have to say that the actress that plays Mariah Dillard, Alfre Woodard, was amazing. Because she was able to play so many different types of characters as Mariah Dillard, or Stokes, again, depending on what part of the season you're on. It was an amazing story arc. And it started, the season started off where she's trying to get out of the gun business, she's trying to sell her, like her family got all her money from selling guns to the streets and to the gangs, and she's trying to get out of it because she has shades, she's in love, she has Harlem's Paradise, she thinks that she's on top, and she's like... I don't want this on my conscience anymore. And she tries to get rid of it. She tries to get rid of her guns by selling it to more gangs. But she's... For the first part of the season, I even texted you. I was like, Mariah Dillard's not a villain. I can totally see what she's doing this season. Because she's trying to sell off everything to the best possible candidate who's not going to like make a mess of things, but without implicating herself. Because she is in such a position of power. And then she uses the money to make a family first initiative, um, which they actually get into later on because she had issues with her own daughter and uh, how that daughter came to be. So uh, she starts a family first initiative and that was, they bring in a lot of really heavy issues and make it applicable to these characters. Mm -hmm. Uh, I do like how Luke Cage did. I feel like Luke Cage is like probably the one that goes into the most like social issues and sort of like issues about like race and, like, community. Yeah, I think so, Luke Cage does that best. Out of yeah, racial Netflix inequality shows. is a really good one, especially with Claire's and Luke Cage's fight. That got, that got heavy. Oh, but yeah. It was, but it's real. It's crying it was a little really bit. really good. Yeah, so Mariah and the Me Too movement, like I said, it brings in real-world scenarios and applies to these characters. And then, of course, Misty and disabilities. Misty goes through this really intense arc, too, where she's trying to find out who she is without an arm. She's trying to struggle with, like, how she failed and lost an arm, but how to recover from it and, you know, be the Misty that we know. And, <laughs> and on the flip side, she gets a really cool robot arm that gives her super strength, so yeah, I'm into so that. Yeah, so she like won it. from this. <laughs> and, um, oh, and Mariah Dillard reconnected with her daughter, so again, not a villain until that one moment, which is, if you've seen this, the season, I think it was episode 10... Maybe you know what I'm talking about at Gwen's. 
then she becomes a full-on villain. Villain. Also, this actress did a really cool thing where when her character gets stressed, because this character went through the ringer in this up in the season, she got everything taken away from her at one point. She built herself up a bunch of times. When she got stressed, she went back to her to her roots, and she had like this hood accent almost. And oh yeah yeah yeah, it delved into her family history a lot. The one issue I had was. When I read the description for, again, I think it was episode 10 where they do a lot of flashbacks. I'm like, ugh, not, this is going to be a filler episode. But they did the flashbacks tastefully, and it actually it made the episode pretty good. You were talking earlier about a budget. I think this season definitely had a big, a big budget. There were explosions and gunfire everywhere. It was great. <laughs> so you give Luke Cage season 2 a positive review? 110%. Really? This season was amazing. Really? Um, too bad about Claire. Like I said earlier, nothing bad happened to her, but she went away and hope she comes back because mm-hmm. we could always use more Claire. However, no, that, they started that, that was that. not to interrupt, but that's definitely what was like really emotional for me about that scene was because like Rosario Dawson was like, I don't know if I'm coming back after this. And so I, I'm like, yeah, can this be our last that. scene with Claire? Like, no. Yeah. If that's the last scene, that's, that's a really poor way to send off the character. <laughs> but they kind of made uh they got they made Misty and Luke come a lot closer once once Claire was out of the picture. And so if they sort of become a thing, I'd be perfectly okay with that. I, know, I did like that episode where it's like I'm not really looking for a sidekick and Misty's like, Who says you're not my sidekick? <laughs> oh Misty. They're cute. <laughs> um yeah, Mariah had a revelation that uh that's spoilery so I skipped that. But she's like she really gave in to her gangster nature. It was incredible. Uh there's this one scene where she's I think this is where she really caved in. She's going down a hall with a stolen gun that off a guy she just knocked out or killed, and she's just like shooting people as they walk past. And that I think I think that was a turning point for her. Um, also, she even got a new haircut afterwards, where she's back in power, back at large. Yeah. So like I said, she wasn't a villain for the first for the majority of the season, but at the same time, if you look at it. She has... They show, her, they show her bank account. She has over $300 million. So if she really wanted to help Harlem without a guilty conscience, she she had the money. She could have done so much more <laughs> instead of uh, dealing with murder and gangs. And what else do I have? Oh, they brought in Danny Rand, which was really cool. Like, <laughs> like I said, um, they were bringing, they're bringing in new characters, referencing all the Defenders. Mm-hmm. This Danny was the first time since we'd seen him since... Iron Fist season one, it was a brand new character. Mm-hmm. Did you see that episode? Or I, didn't, I didn't see that one. I haven't finished Luke Cage yet. But He was like Spider-Man. Like the same exact persona that Spider-Man has, just kind of whimsical and street level. Yeah, that's kind of what I noticed right off the bat in season two of Iron Fist. It's like he's like he's like a friendly neighborhood Iron Fist. Kind <laughs> yeah, of. yeah. He just, he sits in a chair, but he brings his feet up and he's just like getting cozy in a barbershop chair. <laughs> just no cares. Mm-hmm. Definitely, I will always oh. give them credit for making Danny Rand like a watchable character. Yeah, like, and the show even Luke Cage even addressed it because Luke's like, "You seem different." The show now that they know, it's like, "See, we it. can fix this guy." Yeah, we know we messed up, but we can do it. Yeah, so Iron Fist and Colleen were the best tie-ins, and like I guess, like I said, they had um, Foggy come in. Uh, Nandi's character was pretty good. There was a character called Nandi, and she worked with. Misty, but she was on the police force, but she kind of, they butted heads a lot because Misty was more of a rebel and Nandi was like, no, we gotta follow the rules. But it turns out that Nandi and Misty grew up together and they went to the same school and they had a history. And that was really cool to see because they would talk about that a lot. And Nandi grounded Misty almost and made Misty have a good history. There were great parallels between the characters. 
Misty and this character called Ridenauer. Do you know Ridenauer? Ridenauer no. is like her supervisor, pretty much. So there's a part where Ridenauer. Oh, no, no, yeah. Ridenauer tries to make a deal with Mariah, and Misty says no. It's all or nothing. We're implicating her and arresting her. We're not making a deal. But then later, Misty does what she has to do. And again, if you've seen the season, you know what I'm talking about. Then, yeah, I think it's episode 10. Mariah Dillard becomes Mariah Stokes. And whew, that is a very intense villain. <laughs> Definitely. There's a pretty good narrative with... This was throughout the whole season where Luke is trying to battle with what it means to be a hero. And he's he's got a lot of internal anger. And then Danny Rand comes in and he's like... No, you gotta use your chi and calm down. And it was it was pretty good. I still don't funny. really like it when Danny Rand talks about chi. No, no one does, but it it works. In Iron Fist, there are tons of scenes where like Ward just tells him to shut up when he starts talking about chi, and I appreciated that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it worked. So there's again, they get it. They get it. So there was that character arc where Luke has to calm down, but on the flip side, Mariah lets her fear and her her loss like just consume her and destroy her. Yeah, September was a big month for us catching up on Marvel Netflix, in case you didn't notice. I've, I've already said some stuff, so that takes care of all my notes about Luke Cage Season 2. It was great. Very cool. It, all right, like you were saying, it definitely brought Luke Cage back into the books for me, and mm. I can't wait for Season 3, because the ending was such a twist. It just, you, you're not expecting that, that story arc for Luke Cage. It was great. So yeah, very solid month for Marvel Netflix. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely, and then Daredevil in October, so, you know, a lot to look forward to. Yeah, definitely. So then, kind of going back to the big releases in September, the other big thing that I think a lot of people were looking forward to for a while now was Spider-Man PS4 finally came out. Oh, yeah. And, okay, Joe, if you were going to play a Spider-Man game, what kind of things would you want to be in that Spider-Man game? I used to play a PC version, and that was pretty cool because you got to do a lot of attacks, you got to, like go on the walls, climb around, mm. attack villains. Um, also, oh, there was a Wii game, too, where... I Okay, so basically, I just want to be able to swing around and do everything I can't do in real life. Mm-hmm. Which is basically just swinging around and being real acrobatic. <laughs> this is... Spider-Man PS4 lets you do everything you'd ever dream about if you were Spider-Man. There's, yeah. The swinging through New York is so much fun. It's so zen. I would literally just spend, like, hours just not even list, like not even doing, like, the main mission, just swinging around New York... Crimes pop up, you go on, and, like, crimes will just pop up randomly. You'll have to go over and, like, stop a crime. Like, you have to, like, stop a robber or, like... There are these really cool things where it's, like, like a bunch of, like, um, goons will steal a car and go on a car chase. So you have to, like, swing through the city as Spider-Man, mm-hmm. jump on the car, web them up, stop the car. <laughs> it's so much fun. But, yeah, Spider-Man PS4, it was so much fun. I loved that game so much. It was so addicting. And also, it just, there were so many really cool Easter eggs. Like, there's mm-hmm. all these, they have Avengers Towers in there. Nice. They have, nice. I was, I got a little, I geeked out a little bit because they had alley, alias investigations in the game. All right. And I got to, <laughs> and I finally found it. And they have this really cool feature where you can, like, take a selfie as Spider-Man. So I have selfies of me near Alias Investigations. Is it inside a building? Like, It's like you go to you go to or... a building, they have, like, a sign, like, Alias Investigations. Okay. And then kind of near there, there's also Nelson and Murdoch. Awesome. And it's really cool. There's a lot of really cool Easter eggs, because in this game, they've said Spider-Man has been Spider-Man for about eight years now. Like, I think okay. they say Peter Parker's around 23 years old. So he's graduated from high school. He's graduated from college. He's living on his own. He's working in a lab. Okay. And so they have, like, all this history that they've built up. Like, he's been, like... He's had all these different adventures. They have all these villains. Like, he's already captured Rhino, Electro, Scorpion. He has them all. They're all locked up. And there's all this history. Mm-hmm. And there's one thing that I thought was really cool. It's like, he would swing through the city, and he has all these, like, backpacks. 
and there'd be like all these Easter eggs. He'd be like, oh, this is like the first like horn I scrapped like from Ryan from the fight I had with Rhino when he first appeared. Or it's like and backpacks. Yeah, there's like he has backpacks throughout the city, and it's just all these like Spider-Man Easter eggs. Just backpacks laying around. Well, he has them, like, webbed up, and it's, like, one of the things, like, you have to find, like, where he hid all these backpacks, like, years and years ago. Right, like in Homecoming, where he changes in the alley and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Backpack, okay. My favorite Easter egg is there's one, it's, like, a card for Nelson and Murdoch, and he's like, oh, yeah, this blind guy gave me this card in case Spider-Man ever needed a lawyer. (laughs) He's like, wait a minute, if that guy's blind, how did he know I was Spider-Man? Oh, But, yeah, it was really cool. The story is also really cool. Like, they have, um... It was just a really engaging story. Like, all the characters are really good. And I might say something a little controversial here, but I think this is my favorite iteration of Spider-Man I think I've ever come across. Like, across, like, any comic or TV show, movie. Mm-hmm. I think this one, like, finally just, to me, showed me what makes this character special. Like, he's the everyman, you know? He's, like, the guy who's just trying to do his part in, like, a, in the city of New York. Right. And it's really cool. Like, you really feel like you're a part of New York. Like, there's, if you, like, go on the ground and you, like, run up to people, you can, like, high-five them. They'll be like, hey, oh, Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it was really cool. And it, it really just, like, made me, like, an even bigger fan of the character. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, definitely, I, I have only nice things to say about Spider-Man PS4. Yeah. I mean, that's really good if it gets people into the character. I think mm-hmm. the only... The only comic of Spider-Man I've read is when he was teaching a class at the X-Mansion for Wolverine. Mm-hmm. It was pretty funny. But, That's um, the thing. I've never found a comic that like I can really get into about Spider-Man, except maybe like yeah. Ultimate Spider-Man. I There was a newspaper that released like copies of the first 24 issues that I was trying to, that I collected and read just for fun. It wasn't... It didn't get me hooked, because they were mm-hmm. some of the first um, issues that were released. I definitely appreciated that it's like, this game knew, like, alright, you've seen Spider-Man in high school over and over again, we don't have to do that. It's like, what if we showed you a period of Spider-Man's life that you haven't seen before? Mm-hmm. And I really appreciated that. Also, you can play Mary Jane Watson's in the game, Miles mm-hmm. Morales is in the game. Good. There's all, all these villains, there. there's like a really good... They used Mr. Negative, which is like a, as like the main villain, which the is really interesting. Villain? Yeah. Oh, wow, that's bold. <laughs> well, they, like I said, they have, like, Scorpion, and, like, they have, like, a bunch of his, like, classic villains are locked up, and then, yeah. like, Norman Osborn is in the game, and so you know they're kind of hinting at how he's going to be a villain down the road. Okay, always, until he... He had, in the comics, he runs his own yeah, that's, team. Yeah, in the game, he's, um... He owns, uh, Oz, he owns Oscorp, yeah. and he's, like, the mayor of New York City. Okay. And, Interesting. Yeah, I'm just... I really enjoyed Spider-Man, and... That's great. I'm... I gotta say... Again, the ending, there's, like, a twist at the ending. Mm-hmm. I was really... It's probably, like... It's one of the best, like, video game storylines I think I've ever played. Everybody should go out and buy Spider-Man PS4. And if you don't own a PS4, buy a PS4 and get Spider-Man. <laughs> it's, it's, it's worth it. I've heard. <laughs> awesome. I'm glad that game is doing really well. Yeah. So, and then the other big news from this month that we thought we should talk about is... This hasn't officially been confirmed yet, but a lot of, like, really good sources are saying it's probably going to happen, so, I mean, I feel like we should talk about it, and that's the news that on the upcoming Disney streaming service, which is sounding crazier and crazier by the day, Loki and Scarlet Witch are apparently getting their own TV shows. Yes. So I've heard. Set in the that MCU. Interesting. With uh, Elizabeth Olsen and Tom Hiddleston repraising their roles. Right, I just gotta say that for a streaming service, I mean, Disney has all the money, but I can't imagine that those two have small budgets. And for a TV show, TV shows don't have a big budget to begin with, and if the budget's all gonna go to their salary, how good are the TV shows really gonna well, be? I think they said, they've even said, like, these are gonna have, like, a budget, like, on par with, like, an MCU movie. Why? 
Because why not? Okay, like I'm gonna yeah, I would watch it. You're not gonna what. watch like a two hundred million dollar Loki TV show with Tom Hiddleston. I mean, come on, Jim. I would watch it, but why Loki? Why does Loki need his own TV show? People like him, but he's so two dimensional. Really? Yeah. You don't like think they've tried to do story arcs with him, but it's the same exact thing with Loki. Every time. He just, he betrays, he does what's right for himself, he thinks he's gonna come back to the family, like with Thor, but no, he betrays. He's the god of mischief. Well, it could even be good for him, the fact that he's gonna be in a TV show without Thor, because you always see him, like, how he acts when he's around Thor. Right. So don't you think it'd be kind of cool to see him, like, on his own? It's just always been like, a very predictable I mean, character, which is part of the reason why I was so upset that they resolved... Uh, Thor two in the first five minutes of Ragnarok. Just... We will we will get to our Ragnarok episode, listeners. Don't you worry. I'm very excited to discuss Thor Ragnarok with you. Oh yeah. I don't know. I will not say no to six hours of Tom Hiddleston tricking people as Loki. Is it only going to be six episodes? It's six to eight episodes is what they're saying. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like with an MCU budget, and apparently Kevin Feige is going to be really heavily involved. Mm-hmm. So nothing but good news. And also, I think. That's a good character to do with the- Oh, yeah. I love Scarlet Witch's character. Mm-hmm. Could always use more of her, especially, like, more story to develop her character. Mm-hmm. If they did... I just don't know how she could carry on her own TV show. And like I said, I'd watch it because it's Marvel. I love these characters. Marvel always does a great job. But they should really make it a Scarlet Witch and Vision. And in that... They should get married, cool. have their kids, cool. Their her kids get taken away somehow, she goes insane, and she brings in the mutants. Like a reverse <laughs> M-Day. Instead of her saying, no more mutants, she's like, I don't know, she just casually says mutants somehow, and then all I, the mutants come to the I, MCU. I get you want the mutants, we all want the mutants, <laughs> but I feel like she hasn't had like enough to do to be like, go crazy in her first like solo story online. She's getting there, okay? Her brother died, Vision died twice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's getting there yeah so I could definitely see a, I, I would be interested in a Scarlet Witch TV show just to see what they would do with the that. only thing that I would say I would the only reason I'd be against it was because I I thought it would be really cool if Scarlet Witch was um in Doctor Strange 2 as kind of his apprentice mm, that would be cool I think that'd be another cool thing to do with the character but yeah, that's apparently, and apparently this is only the beginning, like, from what we've heard, apparently they want to do this for, like, a bunch of MCU characters who haven't gotten their own movies yet. So, I'm into that. There are definitely a lot of characters who I think could especially, carry their own TV show. Especially if they use it to bring in a new um, power set for them, like mm. Scarlet Witch. If she really delved into her magic abilities or, like, her um, probability, chance, whatever, hex powers, that's what it is, um, Loki could learn to properly rule Asgard and be a good, decent Asgardian. <laughs> one, of, one of my friends suggested a show that's what happened after he fell off the Rainbow Bridge in Thor. Yes! That would be good. That would be cool. Because he came back yeah. with no explanation. Yeah, yeah. That would be good. Yeah. It's just like six episodes of him wandering through uh, the junkyard planet. Wandering through planet um, Sakaar. Sakaar. Mm-hmm. Tricking people. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what goes on from there. So, uh, in the last couple minutes, Joe, I know you said you found some, like, comic news that you were really excited about. Oh, sort of. But we didn't talk about Venom. I was saving it's... Venom for the end, but... Oh, yeah, we're going to talk about di- Venom now. All right, let's dive into Venom. Because this is something we agree on. Venom, there's no need for this movie. I, it doesn't look good. I irrationally hate this movie. I hate the fact that it exists. For the simple fact that it really... Sony got... Sony got, like, the best deal in the world. They literally got Marvel to come in, save their stupid franchise, 
Just save the character. Literally, they don't have to do anything. Marvel makes movies for them. They make money. It's mm-hmm. the perfect thing. You don't mess with that. Sony has to go mess with it. And they have to make this stupid Venom movie for this stupid Spider-Verse without Spider-Man that nobody wants. Yeah, there was controversy in the trailer where that woman couldn't pronounce symbiote right. See, it's been so controversial, I don't even remember how I say that word. <laughs> I don't even know if I'm saying it right now. Even though we're hosting a Marvel podcast and I know we should see a, everything Marvel, I just don't want to give money to this movie. I totally understand. You know? Yeah. I don't want to I don't want Sony to think they did a good job. Um the one good thing that came out of it is Eminem's song for the soundtrack cuz it's just, it's yeah, fun. Just copying just <laughs> It's just fun. Another way they're copying Marvel. They get he's just copying what uh Kendrick Lamar did with Black Panther. Maybe. Whatever. But, Whatever. but he didn't do this, the whole soundtrack, just that one song. And it's fun. Yeah. Venom, Venom, Venom. It's not fun. It's not fun at all. <laughs> so that's, that's Venom. I rationally hate that movie. When it comes out, I will get, we'll probably go into more reasons why I don't rationally mm-hmm. hate it. I hope it gets bad reviews. I hope it just bombs. I just... It'll be really interesting. I wish nothing but the worst for this movie. It's, uh, it's opening weekend. It's gonna be like, this movie made a thousand dollars. Cause like... I'd be so happy. Yeah. <laughs> oh. And, like, Predator apparently set a record for, like, the lowest opening with, like, mm. on, a, like, a wide release. Wow. So I'm hoping Venom can go even lower. Right. That's the dream. Sorry, listeners, if you disagree. Although, on the other hand, if you are looking forward to the movie, I hope you enjoy it and are entertained. Personally, we just hope, just hope it doesn't go any farther than if that. If you can <laughs> somehow make it so you see this movie without paying for it... Not that I'm condoning you commit a crime, but... The less money Sony makes, the less they'll touch Spider-Man, hopefully, and the more they'll just let Marvel do their thing. So anyway, there is some comic news. Wolverine came back. I have to admit that I have Marvel Unlimited, so I can only read issues six months behind. Mm -hmm. So I only see what's coming out, like the the descriptions and um, the titles. So I really am not that well caught up on current comic events. I think it's the best way to read Marvel comics, though. Six months behind? No, just Marvel um, Unlimited. Oh, yeah. Which it's, I guess means good. six months behind, but... <laughs> yeah, because I'm not... I cannot afford to buy new comic books. They're no. like four or five dollars. And there's, their quality is not good because it's there's so little dialogue compared to what they used to be. There's advertisements in every other page. They're expensive. So anyway, <laughs> uh, Wolverine came back because Wolverine died. Last I saw Wolverine, he somehow had his healing factor taken away. Um... There were experiments being done, more weapon experiments being done. He went to go save them, but then he slashed a tubing full of adamantium, covered in adamantium. Then he, the adamantium hardened, and he died inside of it. That's the last I saw of Wolverine. Classic Wolverine. (laughs) Yeah. But he came back. I know it has something to do with with the Infinity Stones. Yeah, because of what what happened in um, Marvel Legacy, was it? Right. They have so many relaunches, it's hard to keep... I think it was Marvel 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 Legacy. If... It is hard to keep track of, the comics, but the good thing with comics is that you, like the TV shows, that there's so many genres that you can just, you can read yeah, what you, read want. What you want. Yeah. yeah. And uh, if something doesn't make sense, you just say, oh, it's a comic. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it doesn't make sense. I'll probably read it when it comes out on Marvel Unlimited. I like the writer. Uh-huh. I like Charles Soule. I think he does a really good job. Captain America had an annual that was recently released, and that was actually an issue that took place during the war with... What with Bucky, pre-Winter Soldier, so that would be interesting to check out. They also have a thing called the Soldier Supreme. I have no idea what this is about, but the first issue is released, and it's... I, I'm i guessing it's either in a different universe, different, uh, yeah, alternate universe, 
or like a what if kind of scenario, but it's Captain America. But instead of him becoming a super soldier, it's the government using arcane technology to make him a soldier, the soldier supreme. Mm-hmm. So that is interesting. That's all I'll say about that. That's I wouldn't have thought about that. There's a Spider-Man annual with Venom where it goes back. So apparently when Venom was first being introduced, the symbiote would like sneak into sneak onto Peter Parker at night and like go out and cause mischief because he was his host. Um, and this annual goes back to some of those stories just to find out what Venom was doing. That's cool. Also, Eddie Brock has apparently lost Venom and is going back into space to try to get reacquainted with the symbiote. Again, not really sure what that's about, but I'd be willing to keep up with that. I gotta say, the only reason I'd read that comic is because when we went to Boston Comic Con, we actually went to a panel with a bunch of Marvel writers, and Donny Cates was on that panel, and he just sounds like so crazy that like I want to read his stuff. Uh, actually, it's Fan Expo Boston. Did you, um, did you hear about the judge that ruled that there's only one Comic Con? Really? Only San Diego Comic-Con. Everything else, be- like, like they've trademarked that name, essentially. So, like, New York Comic-Con might have to change its name. But, yeah, the judge ruled there's only one Comic-Con. That's why everything else is, like, Fan Expo or Convention or something. It's, it's dumb. It's a... <laughs> and then Kitty Pride is doing what Kitty Pride does best. She's just doing Kitty Pride things. Love wandering it. around the X-Mansion. Sorry, the Jean Grey Institute for Higher Learning. <laughs> Yeah, that's that. Those are the comics that I read up on, read the descriptions for anyway. <laughs> I'll catch up eventually. I know we all will catch up eventually. All right. In six yep. months, we'll be up to date, and also <laughs> six now. months behind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. So that was all the news we had for September. Thank you so much for tuning in. Like I said, our hope is that we can do uh, about a monthly look back every month, which mm-hmm. would make sense because of the title. But yeah, yeah. So this was our September roundup. Hope you enjoyed. Thanks for listening. Tune in again. And follow us on social media. We are Marvel Therapy Group. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Marvel Therapy Group, where together we can work through our comic thoughts and learn to live beside them. Views expressed are of the host only and do not reflect Marvel Studios or comics in any way. Hosts are in no way qualified to provide therapy. This is simply the name of the podcast. This has been another Marvel Therapy Group session. 